The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown! 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 Georgia! Now, here are your host, two-time All-American punter, Drew Butler. Drew Butler, leader in the country in punts 49-plus. See if he booms this one. He does. Wow! And Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, and SEC championship winning quarterback, Jake Fromm. Please flicker to get the night started. With the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Dogs are winners. The national championship for a new generation of Bulldogs. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. The cornballs get stolen. Welcome to the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co-host, Jake From Be sure to follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. He is at From Jake. PuntandPass.com, the number one destination for college football. All right. Um, what a weekend. Happy New Year, everybody. Georgia back in the national championship game back to back an unbelievable peach bowl preceded by an unbelievable fiesta bowl undoubtedly the best college football playoff semifinal games we've had jake in the same season yeah what's going on drew uh happy new year uh and happy new year to everyone listening especially you dogs out there what a crazy weekend uh two of the most fun college football playoff games to watch uh, it was exciting both down to the wire uh, I, I think they got it right, honestly. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about it later. Um, uh, yeah, excited to get this this thing rolling uh, and excited for the new year. No doubt. I'm excited for the new year as well. Again, happy new year to everybody out there. Uh, if you're off to a great start, congratulations. If you could make it even better, I've got an idea for you. Head on over to Solomon Brothers Jewelers and get you or your significant other or a great friend or a family member a gift at Solomon Brothers. They have two amazing locations. One is in Alpharetta, just past the Avalon. The other is in Buckhead, 17th floor, Tower Place. And why Solomon Brothers? Because they have the biggest selection, the best quality, the lowest prices, and an in-store experience that is totally unmatched. That combination right there puts them well above the rest. The store is for anyone with any budget, and it gets better because if you go to Solomon Brothers and mention Punt and Pass or myself or Jake, you can get 10% off your jewelry purchase check them out at solomon brothers on instagram and twitter solomonbrothers.com yeah jake let's um let's start with the fiesta bowl real quick because that's obviously with the game that happened first leading yep. into the peach bowl it was interesting because getting to the fiesta bowl everybody was probably up on new year's eve watching the sugar bowl first which was alabama dismantling kansas state 
Obviously, Kansas State had just beaten TCU. They were the Big 12 champions. And Alabama did what they do. And a lot of people were scratching their heads going, wow, the committee should have let Alabama into the college football playoff, thinking Michigan was just going to wipe the floor with TCU and make their way to a national championship. But not so fast, my friends, as Lee Corso says, because the Fiesta Bowl was unhinged madness, points everywhere. Max Duggan went off. That TCU offense was not scared. Michigan started off really, really slow, and they got punched in the face repeatedly. Big, big props to TCU going to slay the giant. They make their way to the national championship game, beating number two Michigan 51 to 45. Yeah, uh, totally crazy. Uh, I think a common theme in all of these games, uh, the favorite, uh, the heavyweight in all these games started off slow. Yes, mm-hmm. Alabama dismantled Kansas State, but if you're watching the game, oh, yeah. uh, the first drive, for the first drive, they had negative one yard. Uh, so Alabama started off slow and then they took care of business and Michigan for lack of better terms I've been struggling with trying to find a better way to say this but Michigan came out in the first half and absolutely crapped the bed and it was it was terrible it was really bad Uh, TCU started off fast started off hot uh, out physicaling them uh, out running the ball Uh, I mean they just did an incredible job Uh, and I, I swear all their passing concepts it was just a drag to number one uh, the receiver, uh, and then he would just beat everybody around the edge, and there he goes uh, for a score. So uh, Max Duggan played well, played tough, um, and then obviously getting the Georgia game. But I, I can't believe that Michigan has such a, a big opportunity and just just didn't really didn't really show up. Now in the second half, they they definitely made a great comeback. But uh, uh, man, I, I thought the, they they missed out on a great opportunity. Uh, no, you're exactly right. I mean, Michigan got the matchup that they wanted, right? Yeah. Playing TCU last year in the college football playoff semifinal, they played Georgia. Georgia was the four seed. Um, no, excuse me. Georgia was the three seed. Uh, and Michigan had to take on the eventual national champions. And then this year, they get TCU in the draw because a lot of people thought the committee did not want Ohio State to play Michigan in the semifinal, yeah. maybe thinking that could have been a national championship matchup if both of those teams won. They did not take advantage of this situation. Mm-hmm. TCU losing the Big 12 championship, running that 3-3-5 defensive scheme, which I would love to ask you about. The physicality that Michigan plays with, the consistency that they play with all season long, undefeated Big 10 champs, beating down Ohio State just a couple of weeks beforehand. Um, and TCU wasn't scared. Max Duggan, this dude's a baller, man. I mean, straight up, Heisman finalist, finished second in the Heisman Trophy voting. Their offensive scheme is fast and furious. They've got some great talent at the wide receiver position, and Max Duggan is mobile. I just don't think Michigan was ready for the start that TCU had dialed up for them, and undoubtedly a huge turning point in the game was the touchdown that was then ruled down at the one-yard line for Michigan to go to 14-10, to I believe it would have been. Um, And then the first play after that, Bobwood exchange uh, with the fullback who was a half yard behind J.J. McCarthy. TCU gets on it. Things change very, very fast. So, look, in football specifically, and we'll talk about it when we break down the Georgia game, you are given a few opportunities in a game against – evenly matched teams and if you don't take advantage of them it's going to be a very very hard time coming back and getting a favorable outcome 
Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And, uh, man, that was such a big turning point play uh, and what could have been a momentum swing early in the game was uh, that that post that, that he caught on on the yard line on the goal line yeah uh doesn't have possession of it rolls in they call so what did you one. think i thought it was a touchdown because he didn't have in my opinion possession. it didn't really look like he had possession of it until he had already rolled into the end zone mm-hmm. so uh that's tough man um but gosh you just you hate when it comes down to officiating uh, and letting them get the opportunity to i mean in essence screw you up and I know. and, and uh, you hate it uh, but that, I mean, they did a great job. They came out in the third quarter, scored 24 points, uh, and then scored 15 in the fourth. So, uh, TCU tried to get Michigan to come back in it. Um, but, uh, they did a good job fending them off and take care of situational football there at the end. In the third quarter alone, Michigan field goal, Michigan touchdown, TCU touchdown, TCU touchdown, Michigan touchdown, TCU touchdown, Michigan touchdown, all in the third quarter alone that's 44 points in one quarter as we're recording this i could use 44 points in the last six minutes of the rely quest bowl between mississippi state and illinois because i'm on the over 46 and it's 10 to 10 right now not looking too good but i think that just goes to show you again the fiesta bowl was amazing the peach bowl was amazing i thought the peach bowl which was an embarrassment of riches as it comes to four and five stars all over the field at the same time. It was like a heavy weight bout, both teams giving their best shots. Michigan TCU felt, I don't know, a little bit more sloppy. Could I say, I mean, it was craziness, right? There were points yeah. everywhere, pick sixes, yeah. broken coverages, bunch of, bunch of turnovers, bunch of turnovers, yeah. you know, that I'm looking at it here in the fourth quarter, Michigan scores a touchdown to get to 41 to 38 down by three. That's when you really uh-huh. felt like things were changing less than a minute later, Quentin Johnson, 76 yard touchdown bass on, on, Max the, drag, Duggan yep. on the drag. Uh, was that a drag route? Then he beat the guy on the outside. Yeah, that's right. Beats everybody at the edge, man, with the speed. They go up 10. Then they add on a field goal to go up 13. Uh, and Michigan came fighting back at the end, a touchdown with around three minutes left, tried to get the ball back and they weren't able to do so. Yeah, they're, they're, they were playing different offensive philosophy than they've done all year. That's not who they are. Michigan. They're not a – yeah, Michigan. Yep, they're they're not uh, hey, let's go fling it, get back in this game, play from mm-hmm. a high team. They're a, hey, we're going to play good defense. We're going to play ahead with the lead, run the football here and there, take some shots, hit our shots, be efficient. Um, and, man, they got hit in the mouth early and really had to scramble and get out of what they normally do. Um now they, they put up points and they did it, but you, you just, when you get hit in the mouth early, you get behind early, uh, you get out of your comfort zone and start having to do stuff you're not used to doing uh, for the previous 13 games of the season. You know, you just brought up a great point. It's something that you mentioned on Friday's preview episode about Georgia. You said you like how Georgia has the ability to adapt from an offensive perspective. If they do get down, they can switch things up, start slinging it around, put points on the board quickly, which is what ended up happening. Again, we'll get to that in just a second. Before we move on to that game, though, I want to ask you about TCU's 3-3-5 defensive formation because J.J. McCarthy was kind of chirping them early on in the week, saying we are looking forward to this matchup. We play a physical running style of football if they stick in the three three five you're going to see huge lanes open up and we should have a lot of success it did not turn out to be the case um 
Talk to our listeners a little bit about what to expect. What is the 3-3-5? Only a handful of teams run it. Now Georgia's set to go up against it in the national championship game. Yeah, in essence, you're getting three down linemen, three backers, uh, and then five DBs out on the field. Um, it's all predicated on those three defensive linemen. Man, how good are those guys? Can they uh, fill up those gaps? Can they make everybody around them uh, in the space behind them? Can those guys close the gap? Uh, and really kind of take care of business. Um, and, man, those uh, three down front for TCU did a heck of a job of uh, basically uh, grabbing, uh, holding up two of Michigan's offensive linemen, and then you get uh, called run-throughs um, and the backers for TCU being able to shoot gaps and get to the running back. So, um, look, on paper, uh, J.J. McCarthy is exactly right, man. When you're watching our film, you're like, man, these guys are running a 3-3-5. There's no way they can hang with our stuff because our guys are big, our guys are physical, and you can't stop the run uh, in that defense. But, man, if those guys play great, you allow uh, the guys behind you to make plays, uh, they did it. Um, and then when they got behind, then they had to throw the ball, okay? And throwing the ball, that's what the 3-3-5 does. Uh, it's really good at stopping the pass. you got a lot of bodies everywhere. Um, and for a quarterback, you really got to pay attention to where everybody's at. They can do a lot of different things, scheme-wise, coverage-wise, moving bodies. So um, when you get behind, you have to throw the ball, uh, and that's what the 3-3-5 is really good at. Yeah, huge props to TCU, man. Um, they were not afraid. I, I said it, too. I, I, I said I, I thought that they would go into this game – with the pressure off their shoulders, having lost the Big 12 championship, no longer having the undefeated season, not really having to continue to prove themselves, if that makes any sense. It might sound really stupid mm -hmm. as I'm saying it out loud. But going into that game with just nothing to lose, it's like, hey, guys, let's literally lock the doors, burn the ships, whatever. Let's just get to a national championship. And Michigan wasn't ready, simply put. Uh, so TCU, Fiesta Bowl champs, number three seed. Number two in the Big 12 after losing the Big 12 championship headed to the national championship, which will be in SoFi Stadium. And I told you that there had only been three times in the college football era where number one had taken on number two, both were Alabama and Clemson. That trend continues because Georgia's number one. TCU is number, number three. three. Let's talk about the Peach Bowl. Okay. 8 sure. p.m. Georgia, Ohio State. You knew it was going to be an unbelievable atmosphere. You knew that you were going to get an unbelievable game. I don't think anybody thought it'd be a complete blowout, which, of course, it wasn't. Uh, but in those first couple of minutes, buddy, you thought, hey, if this keeps going the way it is, this could be a long, long night for Georgia. C.J. Stroud, let me just say one thing. The game was incredible. Yeah. C.J. Stroud was spectacular. That guy he, he, played the game of his life. He did everything he had to do to win that football game. He showed mobility, which he had in all season long. His accuracy on the run was impeccable. His receivers were technicians. Ohio State did everything that they could have done to win that game, and they still lost. Georgia wins 42-41, to making it back to the national championship for the second straight year. Uh, where do you want to start? Because we can go on and on about this game. It was phenomenal. Yeah, I'm going to go a little bit off you here. Uh, CJ Stroud uh, equals as advertised. Uh, he was great. Um, man, the, the ball was jumping off his hand. Uh, accuracy was there. Obviously, he has some dues. They did a great job scheme-wise. Uh, and, man, he had time in the pocket. He extended yeah. plays with his legs. They, you know, that's what the – uh, announcers were talking about the whole time. We're like, man, this guy has not really used his legs at all. He didn't have a rushing touchdown all season. Uh, and there he was, man, against the Georgia defense. That's 
just seems to be our kryptonite a little bit is when you have a quarterback who can extend plays with his legs, it's really tough on our guys because we play so much man-to-man uh, and put our uh, corners and our DBs just on an island. Uh, and when they have that extended time, man, it's really tough to cover a guy for four, five, six, seven, eight seconds. So uh, that's really tough. He was really good. Um, and to your credit, like you said, I thought Ohio State played just about as good as they could. Uh, offensively, man, they were they were great. They were dominant. They did not have a turnover. C.J. Stroud was efficient, 350 for four studies. Um, I mean, it was just, I mean, it was, it was wild. The only thing arguably you could, you could say that they should have done better uh, or could have done better was on third down, converting a more third Ohio downs. state. Yeah. Ohio state. Yeah. But then, but then Georgia was only converting uh, third downs at 20%. So mm-hmm. um, uh, man, and they, they still put up points, had big shots all over the, all, all over the field. So um, yeah, uh, we, we can go wherever you want to go, but uh, I, I still, as I say, CJ Straub, uh, is as advertised. Uh, I want to also say Stet is that dude as well. Oh my God, um, that dude. Yes. And, and, and and put the team on his back uh, when it mattered, when it counted. Uh, and he, he went and got it done. No, he absolutely did. You know, we mentioned the 44-point third quarter between Michigan and TCU in the Fiesta Bowl. Georgia and Ohio State, 35 points, 30, 38 points. In the second quarter alone, Ohio State 21, Georgia 17. Jackpot Lesney missed two field goals, right? Think about that. Jackpot Lesney missed two field goals. Georgia gave Ohio State every opportunity they could. And when I say that, Jake, you and I discussed at length last week that this game is not so much about Georgia's secondary. This game is about Georgia's defensive line. They have got to get to C.J. Stroud. If you give a guy like that with that type of talent time to sit in the pocket – or if you try to get to him and he's able to get outside the pocket and you're not able to get home, that puts the ultimate stress on the secondary. I don't care who you're playing, but when you're going up against absolute ballers at the wide receiver position like Ohio State has, it makes things very, 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 very tough. I am not making an excuse whatsoever. I'm simply saying Georgia did not do what they needed to do to get to C.J. Stroud. And then the DBs, man, good luck covering a guys like Marvin Harrison Jr., who is a freak, Igbuka, who is a baller. Um, and it showed. I mean, they were replaying some routes, Jake, of Marvin Harrison. And, dude, his routes, they're so clean. He's breaking dudes off wide open by 7, 8, 10 yards. And C.J. Stroud can get it to him in a hurry in that position. And it put a ton of pressure on Georgia's defense. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Uh, with that, man, I I, I just, gosh, I, I keep going back to the fourth quarter, being down, having the opportunity to win. Ohio State had the opportunity to put the game away. Uh, and then Kirby calls a timeout oh, yeah. on the fourth down fake punt, which is the saving grace uh, to the whole game. Yes. And I think not too long after that, uh, we hit a, or even or maybe right before, but we hit a 75-yard touchdown first to play Smith. to Arian Smith. Uh, I mean, that, like, man, st- stuff just has to to happen, and it happened. Yes, uh, great was, way to put it. I mean, it, like, you have to get those breaks in the game, the flow of the game, uh, and we got some breaks, man. Uh, and uh, just had me on the edge of my seat, uh, cheering in my hotel room. Uh, and it was awesome. Awesome to watch. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves. And people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY. And there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required. And they can be redeemed whenever you like. 
You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. No doubt. I want it on record, okay? If you're listening now and you've listened for a lot of years, you may or may not know where I'm going with this. But I want it on record that I hereby forgive Kirby Smart for the fake punt decision in the 2018 SEC Championship game with Justin Fields because he called that timeout Saturday night against Ohio State to void a successful fake punt, albeit Ohio State had 12 guys on the field. I'm sure everybody has seen that picture by now. Clear as day, 12 guys on the field. Rest did not call it. Kirby runs over, calls timeout. Now, if you listen to what he said after the game, he's like, I was with the defense. I wasn't really aware of what was going on. I think he said this one time. People were screaming to him on the headphones, call timeout. He runs, calls timeout. Why? I heard this clip as well. He was saying that on the headset, they were essentially telling him, well, we have not seen this formation, super overload type situation, call timeout. And that's exactly what it was. They run the fake punt. They then get it. Timeout was called. Ohio State has to kick it away. Unbelievable. That changes the game right there. On that note, uh, being on the inside, now on the outside, and looking in, I just want to say the evolution of Coach Smart as a coach uh, has just, I mean, really taken off. I, I think he's, he's really getting into borderline dynasty levels. Um, I mean, he, he's doing such a great job, and he has put together such an unbelievable staff. Mm-hmm. Not knocking any any staff that, that I had or we had, um, but, man, they got just a great staff. To get better. It's just continuing to get better, and that's just about trusting his staff, trusting the guys he's put in place. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big decision. The game could have come down to having timeouts yeah. on a two-minute drill. Um, and man, that, that, uh, that definitely saved, in my opinion, the game there. There's there's um, no doubt. There's no doubt. And I think what you mean by saying how much he's evolved as a coach, specifically in situational football, uh, yeah. because that's how you take the next step to become a championship type caliber dynasty level coach, creating those types of programs. I remember when I was with the Pittsburgh Steelers, coach Tomlin, every Monday, he would pick five plays out of every play during Sunday's game. And he would put five plays up on the team meeting room projector and say, here are the five plays that determine the outcome of that game, win, lose, or draw. Um, And that fake punt timeout could certainly be one of those plays. The missed field goal by Ohio state, of course, could be one of those plays, um, I'm trying to think of some others. I mean, the Arian Smith touchdown could be one of those plays, right? Yeah. Like there's just, you could always pick well, five well, that yeah, determine well, the outcome of the game. On the flip side of that, I don't want to be a catch quarterback here, but uh, I thought CJ had 
uh, a guy on a quick out there on the left side of the field. He ends up scrambling to his right. He hits that guy. He walks out of bounds. Okay, now that field goal is six, seven, eight, ten yeah. yards shorter. I mean, it is a kicker. I think that kind of uh, calms you down a little bit. And not thinking you have to get all of it to get it there. More working on, hey, I got to you know uh, get it uh, left and right more straight. So. Um, yeah, I, man, you, you can always play the coulda, shoulda, woulda game. Uh, I'm just uh, – I'm glad as a fan, uh, as an alumni, that uh, we came out on top because uh, it's really fun having those bragging rights, especially got a few Ohio State guys on the team. So uh, yeah, tell me that's, what that's the conversations stuff. were like with Terry McLaurin. I was tweeting out <laughs> – I was texting Cam Hayward, my high school teammate and my teammate in the NFL who went to Ohio State. He never wants to text me back. He must have been scared. I'll text him again when we're done <laughs> and say, where are you at, big guy? Yeah, uh, man, Terry is in good spirits about it, but the fun fun guy to mess with about it is Chase, man. Chase loves to run his mouth a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chase Young. Uh, and he He's hilarious. Um, and so it was fun, That's to, awesome. fun to rip him a little bit about it. That is fantastic. Stetson Bennett in the fourth quarter. Are you ready for this stat line? 10 of 12. 10 of 12. 207 yards, two touchdowns, and on the game-winning drive specifically, five for five, 67 passing yards, and a touchdown. Those throws that he was making on that last drive seeds down the middle of the field in traffic yeah. highly accurate great plays ad mitchell running a fantastic route um and stetson reading that safety coming down in zone and just putting it right where he needed to for ad to make that catch and then what did i did as soon as they caught that i was like uh-oh 54 seconds and two timeouts ohio state's getting right back down the field and that's what they did as a couch kicker i know you just said you don't want to be a couch quarterback yep. um noah ruggles had made a 48 yarder with about three minutes left in the game buddy he kicked that thing about as hard as he could it was low it barely covered the crossbar um i was feeling pretty optimistic and i hate rooting against kickers when he mm. walked up for that 50 yarder um of course, not even really getting it close. Did you see the cut up, the video cut up? I tweeted it out of the four quad box screens and the timing that that kick happened at. Have you watched that one, Jake? No, I knew it happened right at midnight. Yes. So they've got the ABC, Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve top left. They've got the ESPN top right. And then they've got the two home radio calls on the bottom okay and it's all time stamped to say this is simultaneously what happened during the kick so they start counting down like 20 19 this is on abc no okay and ohio state's lining up for the field goal right it's like 10 9 hey i shit you not at four seconds the ball is snapped okay he kicks it the ball, the the fireworks go off for ringing in the new year as at, the ball's at, in the air at the stroke of midnight. And Scott Howard on the Georgia radio calls going, "No good," and it happens right. The ball was <laughs> kicked in 2022, and it yeah. landed in 2023. That is 100% what happened. Uh, it was really unbelievable timing. It's just one of those things, man, where you look at it and you're like, this was Georgia's night. Uh, yep. Marvin Harrison Jr. on that back end play. Like, I don't even know how CJ Stroud was able to find him. I thought he was throwing it away. And all of a Me sudden, too. they see the trajectory of the ball. You're like, wait a minute, man. Somebody's going to have a chance at this ball. And it drops in the bucket, man. Drops Crazy. right in on him. Um, now, I am not 100%, 100% solid on the college rules, but definitely in the NFL. For sure, you touch out of balance, you can't be the first person to touch it. Um, I thought it was legal touching. 
Yeah, I'm 99% sure it's the same rule in college, but, uh, you know, shouldn't have had the opportunity to uh, make that play or shouldn't have counted regardless. But, um, yeah, I mean, but it's still the ability for uh, C.J. Stroud to get that ball uh, in that spot uh, was truly uh, amazing on something I thought was a throwaway. Maybe it was. We can talk to him later uh, and say, man, are you throwing that ball away or what? Uh, is that just a heck of a play by uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. there? So, I don't know, but that was pretty cool. Um, I also want to ask you a question. Did you see Kirby's post-game interview right after the game? I think I just saw it on Twitter. Was he like roasting Stetson or something? Tell me about it, because I haven't necessarily seen it, but I want to get your thoughts. Um, tell me what was said. Yeah, um, more or less along the line, I'm paraphrasing here, of just wanting Stetson to stay within the system. Uh, and and not try to get off scripted with plays or try to do too much, basically turn the ball over. Um, and uh, a little bit of yes and a little bit of no for me uh, on agreement uh, there because on one hand, uh, Stet won you the game. Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, like, come on. Uh, and then also, too, I completely understand because you have a well-oiled machine. Coach Smart is a uh, control freak, for yeah. lack of better terms. Um, and he's got all the pieces right where he wants it. And, hey, look, if you just do what we ask, I promise it's going to work. Uh, we'll take care of business. But, uh, yeah, would love to see a little bit more support there because I thought uh, yeah. pretty much put everybody on his back and said, hey, come with me because we going, we go into the ship. I'm going to have to watch that. Uh, I did. I saw a tweet about it, but I didn't click in and, and watch the actual post game on the field. I don't know what the question was, but that seems to be what people took away from it. Uh, that's interesting. Highly emotional, of course, after that situation or after that play. Um, I'm watching the end of this crazy rely quest bowl. Oh, they're still going. Hold on one second. Razzle dazzle. Now the quarterback's got it. 35 yard line throws it back. Game over. Um, go baby, go! That oh, Mississippi State taking it back. Touchdown. No way! Yeah, yeah. Mississippi State wins the game, nineteen to ten. Wish that had to do with the total, but it did not. Um, my inside sources tell Drew, me Drew Butler, Drew Butler on the call there. Yes, thank you. My inside sources tell me uh, that nobody was allowed into the locker room for quite a while, media included, after that game because I think Kirby had some choice words for the team after that game, you know, because they did win. Um, mm -hmm. And it wasn't exactly in the fashion that you usually expect Georgia to win a football game in coach Bruce Arians. When I was in the NFL, he always used to say, you can learn a lot from losing, but you can learn even more from almost losing. Okay. Yeah. Just like yeah. Georgia did like, that is yeah. just a fact. You can learn a yeah. lot from losing. You can learn more by almost losing. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to that. And then I also think, man, you can really see the maturity of a football team and how good a football team can be uh, in the almost losing and in the winning. If you can learn from your wins like you do from your losses, uh, that's the trademark of a good team. So hopefully they do that Absolutely. Uh, for this next coming up Monday. Absolutely. Um one last statistic I'll bring up. I mentioned it on Friday's episode. Georgia two and nine when allowing 30 plus points since Kirby Smart's run as the dogs head coach. They moved to three and nine now. Uh, Ohio State, of course, scored 41, but the flip side of that stat was they were 55 and one when scoring 30 plus points. 
Yeah, they scored 42, so move that up to 56 and one. You knew that as soon as Ohio State started scoring, you're like, Georgia better keep up. And Jake, you hit the nail on the head last week. You said these guys can adjust. I thought Coach Monk can call it a brilliant game. Stetson stepped up big time. Um, Dejan Edwards really kind of setting the tone early. Yep. Kenny McIntosh out of the backfield getting sniped by the turf monster there when he was yeah, in the end zone. Yeah, I, but I also thought somebody who played really well, much better than expected, was uh, Kendall Milton. 100%. Uh, I, I thought he ran hard. I thought he had a little burst to him. Uh, I thought that was really good uh, to see. And then moving forward, because I believe he's coming back yeah. uh, next year. So, that I mean, that's really good to see, uh, kind of propelling him, getting him some momentum going into the future. Uh, last thing kind of I want to say on the game, it was the, the matchup that could have been the worst because yeah. of – just the the superstar power between the quarterback and the receivers that Ohio State had, the ability to put points up on the board. So um, to be able to weather the storm like they did, come out on top in the almost losing win, uh, thank you, Jesus. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think they'll learn a lot uh, moving forward. Uh, yeah, and to in, into this TCU game. Uh, and I don't think they have quite the guys, but, man, they're going to come out and they're going to oh. give their best shot. I mean, just to – it, you, the only thing that kind of frightens me just a little bit, it's just kind of the the Cinderella story they have kind of going on uh, there in TCU. It just feels like a lot of things happen for them. But, uh, man, just the the resiliency of the guys to keep playing ball because they were down big early, man. I, I got a little worried. I'm sure everybody, a lot of people got a little worried too. Called my uncle. He said, man, I'm, I'm breathing through a paper bag right now, man. It's <laughs> yeah. tough. Um, so, but, man, proud of the guys. Way to go. Oh, yeah. Good luck next week. I had so many people because I was pretty, I was pretty um, optimistic heading into the game. You know, I yeah. was feeling pretty good New Year's Eve. Like, hey, let's have some fun. Dude, my phone yeah. was blowing up. Yep. Georgia sucks. They're about to get run out of the <laughs> building. I go, hey, man, we play for 60 minutes. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about. Let's wait till the end of the game. Georgia won the fourth quarter 18 to three. Like, that That's is huge. pretty spectacular. That's what it takes to win those types of football games. Here's a great statistic from John tweets sports at John tweets sports. Georgia has won 16 games in a row and are 28 and one over the last two seasons. The dogs can become the first team to win back-to-back college football playoff championships and just the third school to win back-to-back national championships in the last 50 years. Kirby smart has a chance to go 15 and 0 not even Nick Saban has done that. So writings on the wall. Dogs are 13 and a half point favorites. Dude, I'd take those points to TCU. I'm just going to say that right now. Uh, that is a ton of points. Oh, you say 13 and a half? Yes, dude. I think the total is 62 again. Um, a lot less time for preparation. TCU obviously given a good month to prepare for Michigan. Georgia and TCU both laid it out on the line. I think Georgia leaves on Friday for Monday's game. Um, It's going to be a great matchup. People forget the first bowl game Kirby coached in the Liberty bowl was against against TCU. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I mean, mean, you would think these two teams have like never played before coming full circle here. So there's a little history there. Uh, I know in the break they had from the sec championship, those uh, two, three weeks they had their uh, staff was breaking down film of the possible matchups between Michigan and between TCU. So uh, they've already done a lot of their homework uh, right now. They're just fine-tuning a little bit of the game plan, 
figuring out, really looking at their self-scout, what they did in this game to win this game, uh, some stuff they can kind of play off, some similar looks. So, uh, yeah. man, I'm, I'm excited about the matchup, man. It, it, it Gosh, uh, just the, this Ohio State matchup, man. What what a, what a game. Yeah. Uh, and uh, whew, just a uh, sigh of relief. Dogs win 42 to 41. They're heading back to the college football playoff national championship game. It's Monday night, January 9th in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. So that will be a great atmosphere. You bet your ass Georgia's defense got a talking to after that game. And you bet your ass that they have the full attention of TCU after TCU hung 51 on Michigan, who had possibly a statistically better defense than Georgia or right around the same. Points per game, TCU 41.1, Georgia right at 39.4. I think that might have gone up a little bit after the game on Saturday night. TCU allows 25 points per game. Georgia holding steady at 12.8 points per game. So could be an awesome matchup. We'll break all that down later on this week. We'll get you ready for the college football playoff national championship game between number one Georgia and number three TCU. Anything else, brother? You watch any of these bowl games? I mean, Alabama looks solid. I was really surprised Bryce Young and Will Anderson and Jameer Gibbs played for that long in the game. They went yeah. deep into the fourth quarter, and they then did. Bryce Young got a curtain call, which was really cool to see. Uh, yeah. Him, Will Anderson, and Jameer Gibbs all declared for the NFL draft today. And then it looks like Darnell Washington, uh, ankle, not a sprain, but contusion. So he's questionable, but I would assume uh, he might get a little cocktail before the game and suit up big O needs to be out there. And I think he wouldn't miss it. So yeah, I would, we would, we would love to have big O out there. Cause uh, that three, three, five, man, he can get up to that second level, get moving. Uh, he can move some body. So uh, that'd be really good. Uh, LSU's whipping up on Purdue. I was watching that game before. Yeah. 35 uh, nothing at half time. Yeah. Uh, and they put in uh Vestmeyer in a lot earlier uh, than expected. Okay. So I don't know. Jaden had said he's coming back. But did you got uh, Nussmeyer balling out there as a backup? So I don't know if what somebody. I mean, I don't know. Somebody yeah. got got to play. Only one quarterback can play. So we might see uh, some musical chairs going on. Absolutely, down there at LSU. absolutely. Well, who better to talk to about getting ready for a college football national championship game than a guy who's done it before? Even coming off an emotional victory like you guys did against Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl years ago. So put your thinking cap on. I want you to go back in your time machine. Start remembering those days, those travels. It's funny, too. Again, we're going to talk about this in the next next episode. But you guys played in such an emotional game in L.A. at the Rose Bowl and then traveled back to play the national championship in Atlanta. This team played the highly emotional semifinal game in Atlanta and now will be traveling out west in L.A. to play in SoFi Stadium. Um, so a little role reversal, but Jake Fromm, been there, done that. I cannot wait to break it all down with you on Thursday. Does that sound good? We'll do it. Sounds great, man. I'll awesome. bring my notepad. Bring your notepad. And if you're listening at home, you need to bring yourself to Solomon Brothers Jewelers and go get something for yourself, for your significant other, for a family member. And if you mention punt and pass or myself or Jake, you can get 10% off your jewelry purchase. Solomon Brothers has the lowest prices on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds guaranteed. They even offer interest-free financing options. You can get custom jewelry design. Lifetime diamond upgrades in the stores are immaculate with service that's even better. One's in Alpharetta just past the Avalon. The other in Buckhead, 17th floor, 
Tower Place, at Solomon Brothers on Instagram and Twitter, SolomonBrothers.com. Follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. He's at From Jake. PuntandPass.com, the number one destination for all things college football. And we will talk to you on Thursday. See you. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves. And people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY. And there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required. And they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacy's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing, or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands, an easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at CampMargaritavilleLanierIslands.com.